You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. JC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on the Thursday, it's the double header dream team edition with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sasfin Securities. This is what I don't understand. Well, one of the many things I don't understand, Viv, is that when Fed Chairman Jerome Powell was in Spain and Portugal last week, he said clearly, inflation, okay, it's come down to 4%, but we want to get it down to 2%. And that will mean raising interest rates probably twice between now and the end of the year. And the market said, okay, we understand that. Thanks very much for for telling us. Last night after the Fed minutes were published, the FOMC minutes were published, the US market, okay, it fell a little bit, but not much. These were small incremental falls. And this morning in the Far East, the Hang Seng was down over 3% when I woke up and the Nikkei was down as well. And suddenly the US market said, well, if the Far East is right, then we were wrong last night, so let's sell off. Why is it? Because he's just, the Fed minute said exactly what Fed Chairman Powell said last week. No, Viv, what has happened there? What am I missing? Well, I think it's it's more the confirmation from like more members, the consensus that we are going to have another hike coming through. Uh, the I think it's just the 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 the, the consensus within the Fed uh, for you know high interest rates. I think that was what uh, surprised the market, and that is why we saw this move. But like I, like you're correct. I mean, it took a long time for the market to do this here. It, it right, wasn't you know what's today, Viv? Viv, no. The ADP number came through. Go look at Uh-oh. the ADP number. You mean the, the, okay. the employment the number? Record number since last June. Employment yeah, but- has gone through the. I, I I go look at that number because I think everybody staggered when we don't when that when we see that number we normally brush it aside in favour of tomorrow's uh, jobs official job number. But today yeah. it was a record number. Everybody on top of what you've been talking about on top of the. Uh, Fed minutes. That's why it just suddenly, once that number came out, everything just fell down and and kind of collapsed. So, so I haven't got that number in front of me, but I think it's in the four hundred thousands or something. And yeah, uh, private job creation, in other words, five hundred thousand basically, four ninety seven. How many? Four eighty seven. Yeah, ninety seven. Four ninety seven. Effectively five hundred thousand. Okay, so that, was, uh, that just got everybody, uh, that came out, what, 8.30 this morning here, which is like 2.33, yeah. and I think that's why, Lindsay. So what does it mean? I don't know, tomorrow you'll get the official number, and who knows, but I mean, it's, it's. I, I, I think the bears have been looking for something, you know, there's been a lot of bearish comment, a lot of nervous people. So David, what you're saying is, let me read this from cnbc.com, it says here, private payrolls surged 497,000 in June, according to ADP. Private payrolls exploded during the month, with job growth totaling 497,000 on the month, according from payrolls processing firm ADP. The total was more than double the 220,000 Dow Jones estimate, and was boosted by growth of 232,000 in the pivotal leisure and hospitality sector. Now, maybe that's just the summer because of people like you, David. Absolutely. Doing your thing in New York. Absolutely right. These are low-level jobs, probably restaurants and uh, taps uh, standing behind counters selling ice creams or packets of chips and things like that. Yes. I don't think these are high level. They're not. They're not employing scientists for the uh, <laughs> for the summer. So I think these are all temporary low level jobs. Probably a huge amount of those would be students, you know, who working in their uh, summer vacations. Yeah. So I, you know, I probably will get a much better reading tomorrow, but uh, I, I have no doubt it's around that because with people moving backwards and forwards at that 
Um, I, I'm, I'm sure it's around that. So I don't know. Anyway, the market wants to go down. I think it's been looking for an excuse. It will just use that to, uh, you know, to come back a little. But on the other hand, Viv, yeah, you but- come in here, Viv, now. But on the other hand, you say to yourself, okay, that means that the Fed has justification, much flagged two 25 basis point hikes in the interest rate, the Fed funds rate in the United States. But on the other hand, it's a very good number for the U.S. economy. The U.S. economy is doing well, and therefore that's hmm. good for company profits. So obviously, you have to match up the two. And okay, it's a thin time at the moment, U.S. holiday season, Northern Hemisphere holiday season. I look at that number of 497,000, and despite the caveat of the fact it's burger flippers and people serving David Shapiro croissants in Central Park (laughs) after his run. The fact is that people are working and earning money and they go out and spend some money. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Viv? but I understand also the another thing there that's not so much just burger flippers is the annual pay was six point four percent higher, which is, you know, well, well, well above the two percent inflation rate you're talking about. Yeah. Look, I mean, also the stuff came in the afternoon, but we had the fall early in the morning, so this just exacerbated okay. the fall. But we were negative yeah. one plus percent early in the day, and we were hitting nineteen to the to the dollar like yeah. before this thing came out. And we went to nineteen ten, which is another disaster for us. I, I, yeah. I, I'm really nervous about the currency because that's going to breathe through inflation, like uh, you know, that to a certain extent is going away. Oh, and by the way, did you guys see that uh, the eurozone? Uh, PPI mm. number. Yes. Deflation. It's negative. Deflation. Yes. Negative. Negative. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I, I don't, <laughs> you know, I, I, <laughs> this world is very weird at the moment. Lindsay, uh, you know, Lindsay, Viv, I, there was an article that I was reading this morning in The Economist, and I couldn't quite grasp it because when I read economic articles, I have to read them two and three times and write notes and kind of ponder them. You know, I'm not the kind of, if you read Martin Wolf or any of these people, you know, I'm, I'm not, the concepts are a little foreign to me. So I've got to take a lot of concentration and try to think them through. And this was around the whole basis of, of wages, you know, the, this wage inflation and what it means, where it stemmed from. And uh, it got very academic to an extent. It was also challenging uh, the whole concept of uh, profiteering. In other words, companies putting up their prices because they knew that demand was strong or that uh, they knew inflation was there. So there were two elements. But the one that I couldn't grasp, and that's why it's relevant today, is around the whole, you know, what what's driving wages and, and how you can control it. So obviously we need the academics to understand this a lot more than certainly I can. But uh, – um, I mean, here is evidence of, of wages going up, of employment going up. And what does that mean longer term? I have no idea. I, I, I really, I find, I find the discussions extremely above my head because I don't think anybody really understands them. You know, if there was somebody who could, who could explain it in, in um, very basic uh, language, yeah, I, I might know where we are. But, Lindsay, it's difficult. I, you know, I, I'm just saying these arguments go on and on and on and on. Anyway. Oh, yeah. By the way, guys, I got a theory Let's about talk AI you. rather, Viv. I'm going to think about inflation, yeah. And see what you guys think about this, right? Go on. You know price uh, controls are coming back, right? Yes. Uh, this is a woman, Isabel Weber. She's a, she's, uh, I don't know if you know Isabel Weber. 
She's uh, yeah. like a stepping stone to your economist. And like a few years ago, she was obscure. She wrote an article about you know uh, greedflation, you know corporate uh, profits uh, driving inflation, uh, and she wants to do uh, thing here. And at the time, Paul Krugman calls her stupid. But since then, she's like really taken off. She's like testified in front of the European Parliament, in front of Congress. Uh, you know, the, she helped design the German you know price cap and whatnot for gas. And so price, the you know, price controls are coming back. And my theory is that price controls never went away because they never worked. The 1970s yeah. and 60s, the price controls, they didn't go away because they didn't work. They, didn't, they don't yeah. work. Don't get me wrong. They don't work. But that's not why they went away. Politicians do many, many things that don't work, right? And they're not going to put away a policy for 40 years just because it does not work. The reason price controls went away was because you had no inflation. <laughs> and now that inflation is back, price controls are back. But if, if you go back to the 70s with Nixon, I think he put in, he introduced yes, price controls right, and and yeah. uh, in the 80s, we had this massive inflation. You know, yeah. it led, it led no, no. to, if, I, if I'm not a, again, um, I'm, I'm not a student of economics, but I just recall that after that, uh, inflation yeah. went through the roof. The UK also did it. I mean, everywhere, the like, lot of places have done it, but we haven't had price controls for 40 years. We haven't had a, and economists are saying, because we learned our lesson in the 1970s that price controls don't work. Mm. I don't think it's true. I think they did price controls, it cost things, but the reason we haven't done it for 40 years is because we haven't had inflation to worry about mm. really for 40 years. And now that inflation is coming back, I mean, Rishi Sunak talked about it. You know, Rishi Sunak, who is what a Goldman Sachs investment banker, who definitely has done an economics <laughs> cost or two, wanted to do price controls for supermarkets, you know? So well, I think the, the UK has tried to control energy costs. I mean, it's, it's sort of capped them. I mean, as you've seen, Viv, I mean, Rishi Sunak yeah. you know, being a proponent of that policy just because it was way out of control. And it, it did need some sort of need someone to come and take it by the scruff of the neck and say, listen, you're profiteering here, which they are. I did, the inflation story has been a bonanza for companies. Look at Sainsbury's numbers this morning, for example. Look at the banks. The banks, as soon as interest rates go up half a percent in the United Kingdom, your bond goes up half a percent. But does a pensioner who's got a few savings get a half a percent increase in his or her savings account? No, it doesn't. It's been proved. I saw a whole story about this this morning. So price controls and trying to control the market like OPEC Plus tries to control the oil market. Uh, mm. I don't think it really worked in the long term. The market fact, forces no. will always prevail, yeah, David. Yeah, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I always worry about these concepts of profiteering, and I try to think of boardrooms. You know, do you get these Mr. Burns-type characters, you know, rubbing <laughs> their hands together and, and, and saying, you know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's take them for a ride or something like that. I, I, I don't know whether it really happens or whether it's just demand for a, for a product that creates you know, when demand goes up, you get the recovery of fixed invest of your fixed costs, and therefore it opens gaps. You know, the more you sell, the less your fixed costs contribute to the, the cost of a of the goods, and, and so your margins increase. And it's the up, you know the opposite as well when your when demand starts to fall. So I I really wonder if this is you know conceived or whether there's any conspiracy around this. You know, let's make you know let's profiteer from these kind of people. I don't know. Anyway, I, I just I just think we've seen it in rent, rent controls, whatever it is. At the the end result is just nothing more than disastrous and an explosion of. First of all, certainly in the property markets, it kills development, and it you know. Um, so I, I I would be very uh, very much against it and doubt whether it would ever be introduced in any major economy. And Viv, you stand where I don't know. I mean, 
I'm saying like Germany is a major economy, the UK is a major economy, and they're doing it and they're trying to do it. Well, it, well maybe in certain products, maybe you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to say, but you can't do it as a as a broad economic concept. No, 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 no but you, yeah, you can't do the broad economic concept. But the idea of price controls of industries that people think are, okay. you know, whatever, and it's it's coming back. Even though, like I said, even just in property, it causes shortages by definition. Yeah, but I I, I think that we are discourages that we, investment. Yeah. It's got investment. Mm. And this is the thing. Higher prices are not a bug. They're the feature of shortages. When you have yes. the higher profits yes. is a feature because what yes. it does is it causes everybody to say, the profits are yes. super high there. Let me go do that. Yes. And that drives prices down eventually. Yeah. If you don't let the profits get super high but just yeah. maintain it at a certain level, effectively you're embedding a monopoly. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I look in South Africa, we try to control the electricity price and see where it is now. You know, <laughs> yeah. every, every, every time Eskom wanted to increase the... They cut it down by half, et cetera, and at the end of the day, prices just keep going up and up and up. Well, there's a lot of other stories around that as well, but I don't know. It's an interesting, th- interesting thing because the, yeah. the corporates will always come up with something like somebody, for example, let's have a look at the price of bread. Let's have a look at the price of wheat and they'll say, mm. well, the reason that the bread price is high is because of the conflict in the Ukraine. And I say, okay, well, the bread price or the wheat price on the chicago board of trade was i don't know it was maybe seven eight dollars a bushel when the war broke out and now it's very easy to see for anyone uh, that it's come down by around about a half since then but people say so why hasn't my loaf come down by half or say well there's electricity costs etc and also we loaded up on wheat a year ago at this price and i would say okay we'll prove it show me your hedge book mr baker (laughs) show me where you hedged on the chicago board of trade at seven eight dollars a bushel and show me why you can justify the fact that my loaf has only fallen by 10 percent when the prices of the wholesale product has fallen by 50%. I don't know. I think there's profiteering going Look, on myself. Lindsay, I'm almost know, sounding like a communist here. I, I, <laughs> I think the one area where there has been people have tried, or certain governments have tried to control is on the drug side, ethical drugs and that. And the danger, there's a massive danger because uh, if you, if you understand, I mean, if you go into what drug companies put into the development of a drug, the amount of science, you know, the amount of tests, the huge amount of skill that goes into it, you know, they're, enti- they're entitled to those in the short term. And that's why they're, um, you know, over a certain time, they've got the, um, what do you call it? The, um, well, uh, I, I, my mind's gone blank. Where, where they run out of the, what, what do you call them? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying when, uh, with the generic drug, sorry. Uh, um... Oh, they have a certain amount of time where they have the yeah. the rights to yeah. to market this <laughs> thing, and they and then after that, it's up for grabs. Is that what yeah. you're saying, David? Yeah, that's what I'm trying okay. to say. Yeah, let me yeah, argue against that, right? Pfizer. What percentage of Pfizer's revenue goes towards uh, R and D? Seventeen percent, one seven percent. That's nothing. Less yeah. than one in five you know, goes towards R&D, it's like one in six or something. So if R&D was this huge driver of whatever, why is it you spending not even like 20% of your money on, on, on R&D? So if, think of it from that point of view. But the R&D spend of these companies is not the driver of their costs. It's other things. It's basically, uh, you know, sales. It's, uh, it's other st- factors. If you're going to justify your super high costs 
because of your research and development, at least spend half your money on it, not less than 20%. <laughs> well, 20% is quite a big amount. Yeah. No, it's not, David. It's not enough. They should be plowing all their profits into making drugs more efficient uh, with less side effects. And I can tell you one thing now, and I've got a thing against the drug companies at the moment because I had three injections because I was told you've got to have an injection. You've got to have an injection against COVID. So I went for my third one. And for the last year, I've never been as sick. I've never been sick in my whole life. And every time there's a cold or a flu bug going around, I get it. But I don't just get it. I get it for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I've spoken to so many people of a similar age, I would will, I will admit, between Viv and yours, David, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in the, in, the, in the rump there between the three. And they say, yes. And I would say to you that a normal vaccine like the one that those three companies, uh, the big name companies, which I won't mention, that the amount of time that they needed to get these mm. things out would have normally taken 10 to 15 years to get them approved and they just rolled them out. And Lindsay Williams is here sniffling every single day and is uh -huh. laid low at least once a month. And Viv, you've got medical contacts. Haven't you? <laughs> yeah. I just want to point something out here. That 17%, I mean, GlaxoSmithKline spends one in seven, seven 14%. You, you talk about some of these companies spending 12%, you know, on, on, on the, of their revenue on, on the stuff. No company spends more than a quarter of their money on R&D. So, I mean, it, like you can see the, the, uh, the genetic guys are able to produce a, a, a drug at one-tenth, one-twentieth the price, right? So it's not the production, it's not R&D. So you took production R&D together, we're not even talking 30% of the revenue. 70% goes towards what? what? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's profits, it's <laughs> distribution. <laughs> no, the profits are... <laughs> I, I mean, if you look at... Uh, anyway, I, th I think all I was trying to illustrate is... Uh, yeah. Is where you put, uh, you know, sometimes where you do put price controls on, that you oh, yeah. can you can yeah. hold back development and, uh, uh, yeah, in in the drug cases it can be quite serious. So yeah, I'm not a I'm I'm a free market here in in every respect, you yes. know, in every respect, and uh, I believe uh, so. I'm 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 an arch capitalist. From, from that the, point of view. The, 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 the drugs and medicine and things like education is that yeah. it's not a free market. It's all... Oh, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and uh, the government gives monopoly. Listen to yeah. me here. <laughs> you want to talk... You, this this place that I'm in at the moment, yeah. this is an elitist society. And I'm saying, okay. if you think education, when you talk about education, believe me, it's uh, this is capitalist at its best. You know, uh, if you think you can penetrate into the um, uh, into the major universities, if you think you can get into the Ivy Leagues without support, without an army behind you, forget it. You know, I'm saying the one thing that I've seen, especially this trip, is just how elitist America is. There's a, that's a very interesting that, point, David, because there yeah, was an article, yeah, uh, or rather a yeah. broadcast, I think it was on CNN, and they said that certain universities now are being pressured not to go for the yeah. old boy network, yeah. the old school network. Uh, In other words, yeah. your father and your grandfather both went to Harvard. So even though yeah. you're a moderately good scholar, yeah. you must go there as well. Whereas some a black kid from Philadelphia or something who has got much no, better grades can't get in there. Is that not what you're talking about? Yeah. Absolutely not a chance. And it's, it's, it's an industry behind universities. Getting your kids into universities is an industry that starts from, from grades. How old are your kids, uh, Viv? 
Oh, she's well, 18 months. She's almost 19, <laughs> make 19 months. Next better start. If you were in the <laughs> States, you would already be plotting which primary school, which elementary school should Excuse go. Not me, even I, that. I, 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 we just filled the application for, for primary school in now. We no. filled it now. I'm not joking. We filled it together. Yes. Because that whole system from certain universities will, you know, won't know the high school that you go to. And if they don't know the high school, they're not going to accept you regardless. And it goes on like that. And I've been having some deep conversations, you know, with, with, with my daughter and who, cause, uh, my granddaughter is, and will be entering into uh, – she's a junior now. It means another two more years at school, and she's got to start thinking about colleges. But you've got no idea, number one, the cost, and secondly, what you have to get through to because uh, it's – you know, they, they so many of these kids uh, have to contribute to society, be charitable people, and so on. And why why I bring that up is that, that you know, when you talk about uh, talk about capitalism, I mean – um, if you haven't got an Ivy League behind you and you want to go to Goldman or you want to go to any of the big houses, forget it. They, they won't even look at your application, hmm. you know, despite the fact that so I'm saying this is this is capitalism at its extreme. You know, there's nothing there's nothing easy about about the system here. And, and I, you know, and you can challenge me and people can challenge me on that. But uh, this is a tough, tough place. So, um, do I believe in it? No, you know, I wish I didn't believe in it. But you, if, if you don't play the system, you're not going to make any headway. Here. Okay. Did you know, you know how many costs to actually get to get the dumb kid into, into Harvard? Apparently something like 50 to $80 million. Uh, to get you, a, you have no idea. You yeah, have no idea yeah. what people give you. You have no idea. I went around Boston and I walked around all the universities. I said, you know, if I could have my life again as a kid, I think what a privilege it would have been to have gone to an institution like that. But Viv, if you haven't got a big daddy <laughs> and you haven't yeah. got big bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Classic you, example, Javis. If you could play golf or you could play tennis or you could <laughs> play lacrosse or you could play any of those and of a very high, you know, a very high, yeah, you got a chance. But for Lindsay, oh. me, I don't know about you, Viv, because you're cleverer than both of us. <laughs> I, I, Speak for sure. yourself, Shapiro. I'll tell you that will blow your mind away, right? Around that, mm. that sports stuff. Do you know you'd rather be a great like lacrosse player or great squash player or play a sport like fencing uh-huh. than be a great tennis player or great basketball player yeah. to get into the Ivy Leagues? Because they, they want to get they actually the way they do the things is to is to the way allow the richer people to come in because they don't have to mm. give as much support. And so yeah. the way they do that is by basically having the weird sport. Like no <laughs> poor black kid is gonna go <laughs> learn fencing. When he has talent, he'll learn basketball, he learns football yeah, because that's what gives because just talking to my daughter last night, she was telling us about, uh, you know, a, a, a parent, at exactly that, a parent at the school of which my kids are, who was doing exactly that, moving, moving to another school because they've got field hockey. Oh, okay, yeah. field hockey. Where in America do you play field hockey? And, you know, field hockey, that's a British game. That's Pakistan, India, Australia, all the co- Commonwealth countries or all the colonial. So she, this is a school that specializes in field hockey, and she's good at it, and also fencing. <laughs> exactly yes. what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> imagine you're, you're a gifted athlete, right, and you're a black kid, right, <laughs> in, the, in the Bronx. You want, you want to go towards basketball, but there's a career there. You want to go towards football, there's a career there. If You, you know yeah. you can make some money. You're not going to do fencing. You're not going to do field hockey. <laughs> so it's a way to actually get sports into it 
Oh, I'm getting athletic scholarships, but it's not actually athletic scholarships. It's athletic scholarships yeah. for rich people. The other one is crew. You know what a crew <laughs> yeah. is? Rowing. Rowing. So yeah. you've got all these little girls rowing <laughs> on the yeah. freezing cold Charles River. You know, Gentlemen, in, in the, the, the classic example of this is one mm. Donald J. Trump. Now, yeah. we all know, the three of us, <laughs> but don't mention it, don't speak too loudly about it. He's a thicko. He has a very, very low IQ. He doesn't know anything. He went to one of these fancy universities of which you have spoken so fondly in the last few minutes. Mm-hmm. He got in there because of his dad, Fred Trump. He got out of being drafted into the army because the doctor was paid to say that he's got something called bone spurs. It's all about the, the elitist. Donald Trump would be working for Burger King now if it weren't for the fact that he came from wealth and had the influence of Fred Trump, his late father. And I don't care what anyone says. I know it's true. He's not an intelligent man, but look where he's got. He's got to the top of the world's biggest economy and the world's greatest Mm. democracy, so-called. David, you won't say anything, will you? Because you're in New York. I saw one that did it worse was his his son-in-law, that Jared Kushner. Yes, Kushner, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he had very average grades, but his father donated like you know hundreds of millions, yeah. and, and and that's the thing. It's it's almost a given at the moment. They don't say it in public, yeah. but if you if you have about eighty million dollars, mm. no matter what your child, as long as they pass high school, they'll get in. You know what I mean? Mm. But it's but it's that's the amount. And like when they complain about that lady from Full House or that actress that uh, mm. you know basically did this and and was got caught and whatnot. The much much understand is that it's not that they 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 complain about spending money. They didn't get to spend enough money. They spent five or ten million dollars, not the eighty million required, you know, to get it. Yeah. So they yeah. underpaid, and that's why they got caught. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's have a look at the markets now because they they're even more interesting than our conversation. I would argue, or as interesting. Starting with the currencies, dollar rand, ouch, nineteen thirteen, which is a near two percent rise yeah. for the U.S. dollar yeah. against the rand, and this is independent rand weakness, incidentally, although it is, is risk off across the board. British pound. Oh my goodness me, look at this thing. 24.25 for the pound rand. The euro rand, 20.75. These are record levels we're seeing on the last two instruments I've just described. Euro dollar, doing nothing. 118.60. That's nothing to do with it. British pound, nearly 127. And I'm just quickly looking at these things. It's 15 minutes delayed and David can give us more updated numbers. Dow Jones, down 1.4%. S&P down 1.3%. NASDAQ down 1.6%. FTSE down 23 DAX down 2.75%. The CAC 40 getting walloped down 3.25%. And so it goes on. Gold price down $11 to 19.09. The platinum price is down 14 to 9.04. Palladium 12.30 down one and a half percent and if we look at the really big one to me and i'll come to that in a second the first one is the south african 10 year 10.70 percent is that 18 basis points yeah. less often yesterday mm. not massive though i mean it's been in the 1120s the u.s 10 year though this is massive 4.085 percent a three and a third percent gain or 13 basis points which is huge S&P 500 futures, the latest, down 1.4% weaker, as you said, rightly say, David. Market wants to go down, was looking for yeah, an excuse. Yeah. It was a washout in a very quiet week because of Thanksgiving on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Bitcoin, nothing, 30,241, down 0.6%. And on to other commodities, oil getting a bit of stick here, $75.45, down 1.6% for Brent and West Texas, $70.70. 
which is 1.5% weaker with natural gas down 2%. Red across the board on the commodity board here, yeah, wheat, wheat yeah. down 2.2%. David, you want to say something here? I can sense No, it. just on the oil price, mm. uh, I thought OPEC's cutting again, and yet there hasn't been any major no. increase in the price. But, Lindsay, I, I, there are two things that I just want to comment. Number one is the commodity prices. You know, you've got platinum now 904, you've got gold at the low end. I mean... It's 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 been a heavy heavy to- or played sorry heavy toll on the JSE yeah. even with the rand at these kind of levels you know the rand I mean the JSE has been very vulnerable but Viv what worries me and I'm not in South Africa at the moment I haven't been but the volumes have been pitiful I mean the volumes yeah. have been exceptionally low and if we took nice piece of process out the equation I think it's even lower than that there just doesn't seem to be any interest in the JSE at all, at any level, just, you know, no trade. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if you rely on brokerage, you're, you're dead meat. There was one day this week, there was 13 billion, David. Yeah. 13. Yeah. I mean, they need at least, yeah. I think, 22 to uh, 25 just to 20, break yeah. even. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it's been a very worrying feature that uh, just we've run out of ideas, you know, of what to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go on TV and I go on radio and things like that. And I always find it difficult. The conversations are very, very stretched. The same old question, what's happened to NAMPAC? What's happened to this? And I say, oh, God, is that all we can talk about? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult market. And divide these 16 billion or whatever it is today, maybe more because yeah. of the, the extreme selling, divide that by 19.1 and you realize how very, very paltry yeah. our market is. And I'm not saying I, anything against the JSC because it's a, a fine and august institution, but it really is a sad state of affairs, the way this thing is dwindling away. Yeah. I've got on the upside, MC Group. It's been very interesting recently, up 7%. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Canal Plus, That's maybe. That's your favorite company in the oh, Well, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's moving around a bit. RCL up uh, nearly 3%. Agcock up one7 PSG Consult a 1.5% winner, Carew up 1.4%. Downside, yeah, here we go. Anglo-American Platinum down nearly 6%. Northam's down 5.5%. Mass, the property company, down nearly 5%. Implats down 4.8%. And Harmony Lindsay, down 4 look at those charts. Horrible. They've look been destroyed. Look at an chart. Look at an Impala Platts chart. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's gone back two, three years now, even more than that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's been, and, and again, we're talking about around at 19 compared with two or three years ago of wherever it was, you know, 16, 17, or even lower than that. So there's been absolutely no benefit from, you know, a given or comfort uh, from the weaker currency. I, I, I keep looking and I keep saying, no, this has got to turn. You know, there's a demand <laughs> for these metals. We're talking about green energy. We're talking about uh, all these issues that uh, are going to you know, stimulate demand for commodities. Uh, the Chinese are holding back on rare earth. You know, so we've got to go looking for rare earth. And, and, and all that happens, things get weaker and weaker. Anyway. 
Viv, have you seen anything that give, gives us a crumb of comfort on the JSC today? Any individual stocks, any companies that are offering hope? Oh, no? uh, yeah, I think Arsenal is, is, is doing a little bit better. I mean, apparently uh, Tonga is paying its fees again, and that's going to take some pressure off RCL uh, towards the Sugar Authority. But the multi-choice group, I want to mention a fact here. It's been yes. my thesis for a long time that streaming direct entertainment does not work anymore. When, app, when you see Disney basically can subsidize itself, and even Disney, I don't know if you can follow American sports, they've, they've cut like half their their uh, sports commentators like people that have been around for like 10 yeah. 20 years on their channels are, are yeah. being cut uh, and disney is subsidizing itself with the uh, you know, the parks yeah. and amazon subsidizes itself with the sales in an environment like that where your competitors basically are able to subsidize their spend on entertainment how can a multi-choice exist how can a netflix exist yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean i expect when, yeah. when, when, when amazon comes to africa and in a big way multi-choice is going to lose its sporting because there's no wow. way they can compete with, with what multi, with Amazon can spend on uh, you know, soccer and that kind of stuff. And then we will, I don't know, I don't see how it survives. Hmm. My favorite pastime is to take uh, a remote and look for something to watch. <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm quite fussy about what I watch, but I can't watch comics. You know, I can't watch sci-fi and sci-fi and all these things and marvel comics and everything i have no interest in that as well so i you know the content's just not there i mean they all and most of the series and i unless you produce content on streaming you're dead and i and but even I you can't afford to do it no you can't afford it. it's expensive yeah, yeah, I know. That's that's my whole point, is that the Disney's, the Netflix, the Amazons, and that just, and I don't think they've got the screenwriters. I don't think they've got the scriptwriters. I don't. They've got the actors, I'm sure. You know, who take big fees. But I mean, I it's it's for me the level of content is so low at the moment. Uh, what are we What are we celebrating? Right? What's it? Uh, Harrison Ford, the return of, of uh, what's it? Uh, Riders of yeah, the Lost. Yeah, he's what's older it, than uh, you, David. He's older than hey. you. No, no, but I mean, it's that's what they've had to resort, you know, resort to, and also Mission Impossible. Tom uh, Cruise is sixty-one. Yeah, the, but those the, are the, the two franchises that have been recreated, the old ones. You know, it's just a, a, a remake. Anyway. Yeah, but the, Indiana Jones last one apparently is an absolute yeah, failure. Indiana yeah. Jones, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, because they, he's so old, they have to replace him. And they can't, they can't find the new star. Like, Tom Cruise is still the star of uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah, and he it does very well. He's, he's, he's 61 years old, and he's super fit, and he does all his own stunts and all that sort of thing. So it'll do well. So, David, there's a new film coming out now. It's called, uh, well, it's out at the moment. It gets 6.3 out of 10. It's called Black Adam. Nearly 5,000 years after he was bestowed with the almighty powers of the Egyptian gods and, in, and imprisoned just as quickly, Black Adam <laughs> is freed from his earthly tomb, ready to unleash his new... And unique form of justice. Seriously. So you're not going to be going to this your no, no, your, your local no. cineplex uh, to watch this one, no? <laughs> no? That's exactly. I cannot tolerate that stuff. You know what, uh, uh, Viv? Uh, just that's uh, comics, man. Viv, uh, Viv, <laughs> David Shapiro's comedians. <laughs> Viv, Viv, I thought comedians. Yeah, these are comics. I thought comedians. <laughs> Uh, Viv, don't tell David, but uh, his ideal is to have a Woody Allen channel, and he could just watch Woody Allen oh, films not all day. No, no, no. We, 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 we can't watch Woody Allen anymore. It's, it, he's no. he's cancelled, by the way. You no, can't no, watch Woody he Allen. He is cancelled. But I've got to tell you this: I've I've picked up Damon Runyon. I don't know if if you've ever read Damon Runyon. Damon Runyon was a, I mean, in Israel, that's a that's a pseudonym. 
um, he was a he used to write a sports column, but he wrote about all these gangsters in the 40s. Um, a lot of movies, um, Guys and Dolls. That's Damon Runyon. Oh yeah, uh, if you remember that. Yeah, and and uh, Little Apple Annie. What was it? Um, all of these stories that used to, you know, Frank Sinatra and all of them. And and it's the most incredibly lighthearted stuff. So that's how far backwards I've had to go to get through my reading. <laughs> if, if, you want, if you want old school crime, there's a new movie yeah. from Scorsese called uh, Killers of the Flower Wood. It's a true story about uh, uh, there was this tribe of Native Americans that found oil and became like super wealthy. And then some, uh, basically, uh, people came in and started killing them to steal the stuff from them. Uh, it's like a true crime story. It's it's uh, it's called Killers of the Flower Moon, like with Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese. Uh, you know, another person that doesn't do comics, apparently, uh, Scorsese, he says it's not movies. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I read the book. And it's it's an unbelievable story, but it's a true story. Uh, it's worth... Okay, uh, okay. that's yeah. on the list. Uh, thank you, Viv. Also on the list, David, <laughs> is the horrible story of the JSC indices to Day, which is a true story. Oh. So give us oh. the JSC indices, <laughs> if you would. Oh, me, I haven't got them. Okay, in that case, you haven't got them. My daughter's visiting from Boston, and I have been, once more, I'm homeless. So, in other I'm, words, David, I'm, again, is uh, blaming somebody else. All right, okay. <laughs> the Industrial 25 <laughs> on the JSC was down 2.2% oh. today. The Financial 15 was oh. down 1 and 2 thirds percent. Resources, ooh, sit down for this one, down 3 and 2 thirds percent. Yeah. The JSC yeah. Top 40 yeah. Index, 68,813, down 2.5%. And the All Share itself, 74,113, yeah. down nearly... 2.4%, a horrible day. And David, as you haven't got the indices, you haven't got the volume, but I would say it's probably around 20, given the fact that the selling pressure has been extreme. Viv, have you got anything to add to that? Or shall we conclude this rather sad, but entertaining session <laughs> we that we've had? We well, can I said it was a negative day, but it went more after, like, like David said, the ADB number came out. So yeah, okay. bad day got worse. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Very entertaining, very informative, as always. Viv Govender is from Rand Swiss, and David Shapiro is from Sassam Securities, and that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.